to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. All right, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you here on a Monday. We're posting this Tuesday, but we are in fact recording on a Monday morning. Spaghetti and meatballs fiddling with the knobs. And joining me as always, my dear, dear pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. Sheck, it is a Monday. I see you're in your car. Are you still in traffic returning from SoFi? Just about. My goodness. I went on Sunday night to SoFi, a glorious <laughs> place, but getting to it, leaving it, not as glorious. Neither was, neither were the first three quarters or the last, what, two and a half minutes. And uh, yes, yeah, so I decided tease. to just hide my car. I just what? decided to hide in my car today. Martin, this is a dream come true for us because Dave has half a voice, right? Well, it's half a dream come true. I mean, really, you got nothing nothing left. You took nothing nothing from that game, including your voice. What a tease, Shaq. They lose 41-37, uh, and it seems like that tie right now puts you on the outside. Well, it doesn't seem like on the outside looking in playoff-wise. I think you're minus 410 to not make the playoffs. That sucks. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think if you look at the whole AFC North, it's pretty much exactly where we thought it was going to be. You know, the, the it, it, it is not – I get the, where the Ravens' win total is, but does anybody – I guess then you look at the whole AFC, does anybody really look dynamite? No I guess the answer is no, but it still is exactly what we thought, minus the tie. You take Roethlisberger out, that probably is the reason that they tied rather than won that game against Detroit, but – as it is now, it still remains exactly what we said two, three weeks ago. Two wins, the head-to-heads in the AFC North. Pittsburgh at Cincy, um, Baltimore and Cleveland playing each other. Basically, yeah. for the Steelers, the season comes down to the next two games. They go at Cincy and then Baltimore at home. Things could look a lot rosier um, at least in a fortnight. Oh, yeah. at, minimum, at minimum. But, yeah, and then they need help from the Browns from here on out. But So, what, so what, what's our takeaway, though? Dad, sorry for your team too, Sal. But so, what's the takeaway? The Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl now. Well, that's the I thing. I, I, I shit on the AFC. I was like, oh my god, the um, the Colts and the Patriots could be the two best teams in the AFC, and they might not even win their division. And then what happens? I should have shut my mouth because the Chiefs just like ran rough shot over us. It was as bad as things could be for the Cowboys. Zeke went out early, came back in. The O line was abysmal. Five sacks. A million pressures allowed, said Wilson, drop passes. And we still could have won the game. Chiefs only scored three in the second half. Um, this was the marquee matchup, Martin, but um, I, I didn't feel good coming away from it, even though the Chiefs needed it more. Well, I mean, I didn't feel good watching them come out and throw the ball the first three offensive plays. But even then, I feel like if, this might be ridiculous, but I do feel like if he hits Gallup on whatever that second down play, I don't yeah. think he might not have scored, but I feel like we were watching a different game after no. that. But as soon as Zeke got rolled up on, I was like, this is the only excuse that they need because they want to go out there and show how they got the quarterback of the future with, you know, like Dak Prescott, big $40 million man. If they had just ran the ball, even down two scores, I feel like they just tried to run the ball. I feel like they would have, we would be talking about a ugly Cowboys win today because yeah. the Chiefs in the second half, did nothing. They did absolutely nothing. 
for all the injuries Cowboys and just did less. I just wanted to see like a late game scratch from Mike McCarthy. He's doubtful. I don't know. He's prepared. He has to prepare extra for Thanksgiving. Not the game, but just Thanksgiving in general. And that would have been great because right before the half, not using those timeouts. And then even punting with seven minutes left to the Chiefs. I don't care what, what version of the Chiefs you got. You're not probably going to get the ball back twice down two scores without the Chiefs scoring there. So... I don't know. It's uh, not looking good. Short week here against uh, the Raiders. I will say, though, Shaq, in your golden age of quarterback saturation, what did we see? Ty Huntley, Trevor Simeon, Andy Dalton, Tim Boyle, Joe Flacco, Ty Taylor. That's two ties. That's too many I know ties. You keep, you, That's how you, keep you know. mentioning this. Colt McCoy. Yeah, you keep mentioning this. Yes. I, I mean, listen, once the starter gets hurt, then, you know, what, what am I supposed to do? I didn't what do you say mean, what do you, what do you mean? it was but 65 you make it like, deep. I said that I said the there were more starters than there are spots. Nah. For them. I can't help but who's under contract. And if guys get hurt, it's, I mean, it's, it still remains true. Um, you can't help it, uh, but you could acknowledge that it always happens. You're only going to get 25 of the 32 well, quarterbacks that. that you say fully saturated. I didn't every say week. every. I didn't say things ran so deep that there was a good starter and a and a good backup on every NFL team. But I think the thing that may, that points to the mystery 11 weeks through now of pro football more than anything else, and Colt McCoy winning games is bizarre in Seattle. Who yeah. could have thought that? And you know, there are a couple of weird things happening. Like the Bengals are still right in it and and they may ultimately be the best team in the AFC. Who knows? They still have a game in week 16 against KC and that might loom really large. But the weirdest thing of all is this: the Chiefs all of a sudden are looking good again. And a lot of people are saying, see, everybody closed the book on them too quickly. The reason they're winning games is because of their defense. Their defense was the worst in football, period. And the reason that they are now in a good spot has nothing to do with Mahomes or anything else. It has to do with their defense. What the hell happened? It's impossible to figure this out. You know, it, it's, it's weird because I was all over it too. The defense, and you look at it, they gave up like 16 points a game over the last five. It's great. And then you look, and I see like they allowed 6.2 yards per play, which is second worst uh, yeah. to the Jets. So I obviously what we saw yesterday was a whole different beast with all those well, pressures. I and uh, three and a half sacks. It was just, just uh, five sacks overall. Go ahead, Martin. What do you think? I, was say, I really, I don't, I don't think that the Chiefs are are back in the same way that people are saying that they're back. Like I think that they had an impressive win against Oakland, and I think that Dallas shit the bed on Sunday. Like I really like mm. when you offensively, especially well, losing Cooper is a big key. Right. And that was the big thing. My big thing is I don't see how defensively they could keep up with the three Gallup, Cooper and Lamb. Mm. So losing Lamb in the second half obviously was huge. But I just to me, it was Dallas was unprepared. They, they were in the they lived in the red zone like they, they were always on their side of the field in the first half. And I just don't understand how they didn't garner like the number one offense in football, both yards and points, like get six points. And I understand that Kansas City's defense has been playing better, but like. To me, it was Dallas's failures. And if you look at Kansas City in the last couple of weeks, offensively, it looks really good against Oakland, sure. But they haven't, I mean, uh, versus Vegas, sure. But, like, I don't see this Chiefs defense really being that, 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 this. Yeah, they shut down the football team. Well, they shut down Jordan Love. They shut, yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm sorry. I don't see the evidence that the Chiefs defense is, like, Super Bowl level to where the Chiefs are back. And for yet, a team to score 19, 20 points a game during that streak. And yet they're probably the scariest team in the AFC. Like if you say, all right, one game I don't want in January, it's Chiefs in 
in Kansas City, right? In Arrowhead, right? That that's I mean, the Texans beating the Titans shows you. Now maybe that's a different team. Maybe you do get Derrick Henry back in January, and that's different. But the number one seed in the AFC is lost to the Texans and Jets. So I, I don't know what you want to what you want to make of it. I, I really there's like eleven teams that could be in the Super Bowl this year. I mean, I know this. I know this isn't probably will rankle several of your friends and family, but I honestly, I wouldn't want to go to Foxborough. The way yeah. that, that team has played the last couple of weeks, like to me, that has been the most impressive team in the AFC in the last, you know, five, six, since they played the Cowboys, have been the most impressive team in the I AFC. I know. I don't want to say it, but it is true. I, I mean, impressive, whatever adjective you want to use, they're definitely the most balanced right now, right? In the AFC, Shaq, we have to give it to the Patriots. That sucks. Yeah, I agree, but. You know, if it's not week to week, then it's sort of um, segment of the season, the segment of the season. And, you know, our assumption, I mean, I in the preseason was all over the Chargers. So I was happy to celebrate their rise. But that feels like forever ago. Right now, all of a sudden, are they back that hard? They get real excited about them after they are up 17 points in the fourth quarter and just about blew that game. But you can kind of ascribe that if you're a Chargers fan to some fluke factor there. I mean, how many times you can have a block punt against you and a ball that bounds almost to the ceiling of SoFi and then gets intercepted and you don't make that fourth in inches and all that, that all combines to almost lose you that game. Maybe they're the best team. Um, Yeah. I, I hear you on the Patriots, but you know, we've been duped now by, Raiders to start the season. They were they they were dynamite, right? The Chargers look good. The Bengals. So I don't know. I guess let's see how the the Patriots fare. One against the Titans, and then against the Bills, and then we'll have a better sense. It's still very early. There are some teams have nine games played. You know, it's still very early. Like in four weeks, it'll still probably be early. But we do need to talk about this stuff. Hey, Martin and I did call the uh, upset of the week. Our pup of the week hit with the Colts blowing out the Bills. Uh, Bills. Shaq, you talked about the Patriots, and Patriots were 10 to 1 three weeks ago to win the AFC East and 4 to 1 even last week. Now they're like plus 110. The Bills are still favored to win the AFC East. But anyway, back real quick to the Colts blowout. That was an impressive as hell win. Uh, Carson Wentz really didn't put up uh, magnificent numbers, but still got them a win. And it was all about Jonathan Taylor, Shaq's MVP. I think Martin's a little nervous, Shaq. We talked about it before the podcast. He's playing it cool like he does everything else. But he bet you $50 at 200 to 1, even though the odds were 100 to 1. And I said I'd back him. We have to figure out exactly what that means, me backing him. But 100 to 1, and it's now 25 to 1, Jonathan Taylor to win MVP. Yeah, it has an old school feel to it. Carson Wentz has played fine, but it feels like something from the 70s or 80s where the feature player, sort of like the Titans have been. Um, with Derrick Henry, it's the same same effect. That's why I said it before the week. I feel awfully prescient because by uh, the end of the day, Sunday, it felt like everyone and their mother was saying, you know who's an MVP candidate? Jonathan Taylor all of a sudden. The problem is kind of like you saw with Michigan State on Saturday and Kenneth Walker. If you shot a running back down hard in one game, and that will apply to Jonathan Taylor for whatever reason – Um, the standard is a little bit higher for a running back. So if Jonathan Taylor happens in a loss to go for 20, you know, go go for, uh, you know, 12 carries for 27 yards and something like that, that'll end the MVP bid. So you're probably going to end up being right. But 
it's fun to live, not just survive. And it so it's a fun, fun play to throw a little something on them. It's fun to watch Martin squirm a little bit. It's 25 to one now, Martin. You're, you're, you're going to play. You're going to say you're not squirming at all. But uh, I think you're still OK. There's still nine guys ahead of him. Brady somehow without even. Uh, well, like I said, we were taping this on Monday. You're hearing it Tuesday. Without even playing, he's three to one odds for MVP. And there are nine quarterbacks ahead of uh Jonathan Taylor, odds-wise, yeah, at least, on fans. Yeah, yeah, Shaq, I'll tell you what I told Sal earlier. I watched that entire game. I bet on the Colts on the money line. I bet on the Colts to cover the seven. I was rooting for every handoff. And at no point, at no point until, like, maybe, like, you know, Sunday night, when Sunday night football started, was I thinking, oh, Jonathan Taylor, maybe he had an MVP-level performance today. Mm. It just never crossed my mind. And well, I don't think it's going to cross the well, it's well, But with that kind of stuff, uh, you know, you need to have um, video game numbers as a as a quarterback to win the MVP, too, at this point. But I felt like, boy, this is really just based on the dumb narrative that I threw out when we were sitting together at the end of last week and picking the games. And dang it, I tried to switch over to the Colts with you two, but I, I stood by the uh, the Bears pulling it, and I thought I had it, if not for uh, some some Bears, Bears, and right at the end there against the Ravens. What a disastrous game for them. I mean, yeah, I mean bloody Sunday, and I, I'm sorry, but since I was there to watch the fourth leg of the AFC North uh, – <laughs> Serial. It was heartbreaking to know that the Ravens almost lost and everything would be just fine. I'd be like, I'd be shrugging right now because, by the way, in the AFC North, the only way you get into the playoffs, I'm pretty sure, is win the division. I don't. I think that they're going to really? beat each other enough that the only only AFC North representative come postseason will be whoever wins the division. Because here come the Colts, and I, I, I it, it does feel. Like that's a pretty resilient equation, even though you have Carson Wentz under center there with that defense. That's that's the trick of it. And mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor dynamite. But yeah, the, the key with Taylor is I felt like I, I got the sense of your Frank Reich that for the for for the best of the team, better to maybe sit Taylor. This game's over with. But on the other hand, if you're a thoughtful coach, you think. Oh, no, he was iconic perform- five touchdowns. Like how many times you get a chance to do it? You got to go for five touchdowns. Right. And that's the kind of thing that looms when a human being's voting like, Oh man, remember we hung five on the bills. Yeah, maybe. I think there's an award for him and it's called offensive player of the year right now. Yeah. Cooper cup is favored at two to one and Taylor's plus two fifty. But um, I will say this, you know, it would have helped Jonathan Taylor if they didn't blow those stupid games against Tennessee, a 14 point lead and against the Ravens. And I think there was another one in there. If, you know, if they're looking at a third division leader at this point, Jonathan Taylor's maybe like eight or nine or 10 to one. And you could start considering it, even though they never consider it. Um, Derrick Henry had a monster, monster, untoppable year last season and um, didn't get one vote, but um, let's move on. How real about quick. though, by the Go way, ahead. here's a thing you could make yourself crazy doing. Obviously I do this, uh, you know, in my waking hours way too much, but I love to think about one play. I feel like the play of the AFC so far this year is Calais Campbell blocking that field goal. when the Colts were about to put it away. Oh. If the Colts make that field goal, the Colts are now probably, you probably bet on them to win the AFC South. The Ravens are back, you know, I don't know where they are exactly, but they're not they're they're not even right. in first place at this point. Right. I think that one's gonna loom large come January. We'll look back and say that one play, look how much it swung 
the seedings in the AFC. It's a good one. Tough one. It could be the Tucker field goal also, but who knows with the, the one yeah, against right. uh, the Lions. Uh, anyone Detroit. knows. Hey, let's do our pup of the week. Uh, like I said, um, Sheck has been the best out of all, all of us with this, but he took a break with the Bears. Should have won that game, but didn't. Uh, and also had like nice, I was like plus six and went to plus one and a half when, when, uh, the other tie, what was it? Ty Huntley was named quarterback, but anyway, we had the Colts, Martin and I to, to beat the bills. They blew them out. My pup of the week. I'm going to go with it. Not a lot of big choices here. Our criteria is plus plus one fifty or higher. Lots of two point spreads, three point spreads, one and a half in there. I found one Thursday night. Garbage day in general, I think, for uh, for football, but we're going to watch all um, 12 hours. Saints plus 176. Bills offense out of sorts. I think Sean Payton has this New Orleans team ready, and if Kamara's in, he likes playing these high-profile games. If he's in, they're in good shape. This is more of a pick I think, if Alvin Kamara plays. Saints had the number one run defense before getting pummeled against Philly uh, the other day. Uh, I think they come back. And uh, in a low-scoring, lethargic Thanksgiving game, they win. I'm going plus 176. Martin, where are you going with? Not a lot of options here. There aren't a lot of options. And for the second week in a row, I agree with you on the New oh. Orleans Saints. Sean Payton is not losing three games in a row. And I've, well, I've bet on them to win the last two. So, I'm, you know, I may be, I'm not going to lose three games in a row. He's not going to lose four. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think they really had a shot to beat the Eagles if they had not just completely – been mm-hmm. terrible on offense in the first half, even though the Eagles were running the ball down their throat. Um, and honestly, I think the Bills are kind of coming back down to earth. Like if you look at the way they they've, if they can get out and and can play less, and they can play like that flashy, everybody you know, eleven personnel and get up and down the field, it works for them. But if they have to go and stop the run and try to run the ball, they're going to be in trouble. And I think that happens. Also, the Detroit Lions get a win on Thanksgiving. Uh, don't get too crazy. Wow, look who just snuck in real quiet there at the end. <laughs> Matt Nagy um, may not make it to Christmas. Go ahead, check. Uh, well, that, that, I was thinking that. Like, what would you, should they give him the opportunity? Like, hey, you could have Thanksgiving with your family because we're going to fire you anyway if you lose, <laughs> when you lose to the Lions, right? So um, what do you want? You want it now or in a week? Uh, I wonder what which he would take. But check, you're not going Lions, are you? One, one. I mean, all of a sudden, all-time stinker. A turkey, if you will, of a day. Yeah. Uh, all the, the, how many times in history has that ever happened? Oh, in six, the teams <laughs> went in week 11 going into Thanksgiving yeah. Day. All right. six uh-huh. teams playing are uh, were losers on Sunday. Embarrassing. Um, listen, <laughs> I don't know. Do I, do I feel it in my brain? Maybe not. But you know what? I watched Johnny Fontaine sit in the Godfather's office in that early scene. Godfather, what am I going to do? And you know what the Godfather said? And I say it to Steelers fans right now. You can act like a man. (laughs) We're on to Cincinnati. No more time for jive. That time has come and gone, friends. That went out the window when... Muth and Deontay Johnson fumbled that ball in overtime against the pathetic Detroit Lions. Oh, no. It's time. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. <laughs> All right. There you go, Martin. I'm, I'm kind of glad he didn't jump on board with us, even though he's been, he's been good with this. You had the Steelers a few weeks ago as your pop, right? Who was that against? I don't know. 
It's in the rear view mirror. Literally. Come on to okay, Cincinnati. Check it out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it's right there. I can see it right there. Wow. Look at that. Uh, all right. You know what's a nice parlay, too? Just because if you want to will it, if you think your dollars can somehow will something into becoming reality, mm-hmm. here's a nice parlay for you bottom feeder AFC North supporters. Browns, Steelers. Now it's a mess with victories in week 12. Uh, Let's all bet on that for fun, for fun. I got to think. I got to think. Those are such tough games. Just got to watch one eye open. Hey, either way, this Thanksgiving, to help get you through these terrible games, Fandle Sportsbook is thankful for you, and that's why they're giving all customers up to $100 bonus on same-game parlays. Feast on the NFL all weekend long and turn little bets into big paydays with same-game parlays. Martin, what do you think? Just uh, what could we do? We could do that Tim Boyle over passing yards, DeAndre Swift over rushing yards, and the Lions plus the points. Do you like something like that for a a same-game parlay? Tim Boyle. I'm thinking under everything, Sal. Under everything. All right. Do it all on FanDuel Sportsbook payouts in as little as two hours. Easy to use, safe, and secure. Great offers for new and existing customers. Log in to FanDuel Sportsbook app and unlock your same-game parlay bonus today. Plus, if it's your first time betting with FanDuel, you could also enjoy a risk-free bet up to $1,000 when you sign up with promo code ExtraPoints. That's promo code ExtraPoints exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. All right, we're going from football to uh, football, I guess. We have very exciting news, a great new soccer podcast on the Extra Points Network. It's called Covered in Glory, and joining us now are the hosts. One of them has a brilliant analytical soccer mind, and the other got blackout drunk in Fulham, England a couple decades ago, and now one of Chelsea's most devoted and maniacal fans, Brett Corimanos and Toby Mergler. What's happening, fellas? Not much, Sal. How you doing, Sal? It's all downhill from that introduction. Just like that <laughs> night, I became a Chelsea fan. The night you, I, I should I should mention Toby is the co-founder of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Actually, this was all his idea, and so it's his fault that Harry is topless on your Twitter feed uh, almost every day on the internet. So, um, I, don't, uh, I, I, uh, I really appreciate you mentioning that right at the top because everybody's been asking how the hell did I get this job, and now you told them it's pure <laughs> okay. nepotism, hundred percent. I hate nepotism. I really would love to see where I ended up without. Oh, no, wait, no. It's the greatest. Brett, you made money for the listeners this weekend, right? I know you were uh, you were perfect on Saturday, right? How did that finish up Sunday? Uh, well, my Kinsella, my Jal Kinsella bet didn't come through, but he also played one of the uh, balls of the weekend with an incredible outside of the boot assist. Um, mm. So I'm counting that as a win still, uh, but everything else looked like it was pretty good. I got lucky, man. I think Toby hit a bunch of his picks too. So if anybody actually listened to us, which man, I'm shocked if that's the case, uh, they did make money though. Yeah. And which, you know, if people are like, oh, this doesn't belong on the network, this podcast. Yeah. In a way, it doesn't because you guys can make the claim that you've made money for the sports gambling. <laughs> Whereas the rest of us haven't. I like balls of the weekend. Is that a uh, is that a term? Is that a common term? I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, it, for soccer, it is, you know, and that's the way it is, man. Somebody plays a good pass to say played a good ball. So. Okay. I, I don't know if balls of the weekend, that might be my own American interpretation of it, but mm-hmm. you can steal it. We can steal it. We can rename the pot it, whatever we want to do with it. We can't. The artwork is done. We put many, many hours already in. It's, we, we pull our <laughs> I, hair out. Uh, I do yeah. like the language that Americans apply, that somehow they speak differently when it comes time to talk about soccer. Like, brilliant that, brilliant touch, you know. Mm. Oh, I'm gutted. You know what? 
that you're from Altoona. Settle down, friend. You, you, you know, right? Are, we, are you guys oh, going to indulge that kind of business? Are you serious right now, Damashek? You're talking about crap about other people, like weird turns of phrases? <laughs> you, you call Martin Weiss Marty. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, you know what? Marty is a better name for a baby. Or no, a better name for a grown-up than Toby. Right? Oh, wow. I thought you said Toby was a bad baby name, didn't you? No, I said Toby's a great baby name. Oh. I said... I said it, it, you know, it works the reverse there, you know. You've been talking right, to my so mom's been disappointment all my time growing up. Like, my favorite thing about being named Toby is if anybody reacts positive to it, I just already know. I'm like, oh, you had a dog named Toby. And that's right. 100% right. That's every single time. <laughs> Brett, aside from like, uh, I, this is probably too general a question, because if someone asked me this about football, I would probably, I'd get in a sprinter's position and, and run off. But, um, is there are there any generalizations in terms of betting on soccer? Stay away from this. Bet the draw on this, or you know, like I don't know, like baseball, the the road team on a getaway day. Lenny Dykstra, and he's he's right about everything. Just check Twitter. Uh, but he says the road team on the on the <laughs> getaway day is a team to bet against. Is, are there any of those for soccer uh, over unders, or is it silly to generalize? Um, it's pretty tough. I mean, soccer is such a random sport, you know, because it's so low scoring and goals are just super random. You know, some team will outshoot the, an opponent 30 to two and the team that they outshoot 32 scores, both goals. It's just, it's a super random sport. It's, I mean, the, the only thing I compare it to would be like how turnovers happen in football, you know, where mm-hmm. interceptions are just random and they completely change the game state. And it's kind of the same thing with soccer. Um, the one thing I would say though, is that, uh, the disparity yeah, between the really good teams and the really bad teams usually plays out pretty consistently. Um, like Whoa. So in the premier league this year, Manchester city and Liverpool are like clearly ahead of Toby's Chelsea on another level. Mm-hmm. And then there's Toby's Chelsea. And then it's like everybody else. And those teams with the styles that they play typically are really dominant. So them winning the money line, them getting a lot of clean sheets. Those are, Pretty safe bets because uh, they're just so far ahead of everybody else because of the amount of money they have and mm-hmm. the, the talent that they have. Um, but other like just random stuff, soccer's such a weird. I mean, it's part of the fun of it is it's so weird, you know. Because I say that and City lost to like freaking Crystal Palace at home yeah. a couple weeks ago, you know, and they lost by two goals and they were basically kind of outplayed. Um, so it's really hard to generalize is basically the bottom line. All right. I, I'll, I'll accept that. But uh, so someone like me who likes to make money line parlays and I, I realize I search for the minus 600s and you're right, but then you're hitting, hitting zero, zero with the, or nil, nil. Sorry. Sorry. I take that back. Uh, <laughs> 86 minutes in oh. it's rough. Um, go ahead, Toby. I know you want to get Damashek on board. Uh, and by the way, you mentioned something like clean sheet. That seems like something you would love Damashek. Do you know what, you know what a clean sheet is in soccer, right? Means no mistakes. Oh <laughs> well, my God. No, no right. ultimate mistake. It means you, you shut the team out, right? Right. A clean sheet. That's what I said. Okay, what no, I love no most mistakes, about so, it is yeah. I want to hear Toby's pitch. I'm not sure what this is about pitch about a pitch, but, um, mm. Because that's what you have to call it. Please, Sal, please make sure you use the lingo. My favorite thing for real is relegation. I mean, if there's one thing that American sports could be jazzed up with it by stealing from uh, from football, it is relegation. What would be better in Major League Baseball? And I say this as a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. I think we all lived through Ted Lasso and his team going down and making it back up. I think it'd be awfully fun. You want to, you want to jazz up the bottom feeders 
<laughs> in the late stages of a season. Hey, you lose this game, you get sent to Triple A, and the Toledo Mudhens replace you. Mm-hmm. All right, Toby, I don't uh, even know if you had that on your buck list as one of the things Damashek would love, but I know you're coming firing here. Yeah, no, he's already proving my point. Like, what I wanted to talk about is how Damashek is like in those old science fiction movies where there's like an alien hanging among uh, the regular people. Damashek is actually a European soccer fan posing as an American soccer fan. He doesn't yeah. even realize it, and I've got the evidence. But a big reason why we started this podcast is just to share our passion and love for both uh, the beautiful game, the Premier League, and to bring more people over to the cause. So besides the obvious stuff like getting to drink and gamble first thing in the morning, which is an incredible experience, uh, there's other reasons to come and love the game. And Damashek, you already do. You just don't know it yet. First of all, you're a man of justice. I know this about you, and uh, our listeners do as well, as you say it all the time. Premier League is the fairest competition in the world. You play every team home and away, 38 games, you add up the points, and there's a winner. Mm-hmm. Every single time, there's no real arguments that it was unfair or unbalanced, no schedules, no malarkey about uh, you know conference play, out-of-conference play, with preseason rankings, none of that. Okay. Completely fair. So come over to that side already. Second, your second greatest passion is uniforms. Um, uniforms in soccer are kind of like an Apple product release. They have leaks that everybody sweats all the time. As soon as they come out, everybody rushes to argue about them. There's three different ones every year. There's always new design details. And unlike uh, all your talks about American uniforms, people actually care about it. So you would do really (laughs) well if you came over and got into the soccer game. Uh, Three, food arguments. You want to argue about like Pittsburgh versus St. Louis versus L.A. Like the entire world is your playground, friend. Now you have the entire world's cuisine to kind of argue about. And then you bring in the local delicacies and you would be on cloud nine. Mm. Fourth, year-round player movement. You want to talk about the QB carousel? Crank that up to 11, pal. Because all players do is move in soccer. Everybody is available for sale all the time. They're all calling each other. They're all trying to recruit. And there's, you know, certain teams that have money and certain teams that have positional needs. And it doesn't really matter. It's just chaos. 12 mm. months a year. You would love it. Uh, and final, final, the names. Like, I just love hearing you pronounce names, talk about names, comparing them to prescription uh, drugs. I know it's your thing. And just in Chelsea's history, like, here are these melodic names with my horrible voice. Claude, Claude Makaleli, Didier Drogba, Ricardo Cavallo. And then you have really fun names. Uh, Kurt Zuma, whose legal middle name is Happy. Juan Mata, <laughs> which translates to Johnny Kills. Danny Drinkwater. And this is just Chelsea. We're not even getting into the Zlatans, wow. the Wolfgang Wolves, the Ronaldinhos. And then the, Brazil, the Brazilians that have really fancy first names, oh, all yeah. the way down from Ronaldinho to a guy in Manchester uh, United right now. His name is Fred. You imagine me in Brazil and everybody else has these beautiful names. You're like, what do you call this guy? We call him Fred. Wow. So uh, I mean, after that, after that big impassioned pitch side, I just have one favor from Damashek. Yeah. Can you can you say a name for me, Shek? There's a player, my uh, probably my favorite player on Chelsea right now. I just want to hear you say it, Romelu Lukaku. <laughs> oh, I've seen that. What what is it, Romelu Lukaku? <laughs> Pretty good. That's why to hear Ronald that interaction. I don't know if I like Chelsea yet or not. I can't. It's not a decision to be made. 
with the head. It's got to be made with the heart, which requires me laying eyeballs on the Premier League. And it's pretty clear to me that that's where you need to start, right? And I think you American. need to pick a team. Yes, for sure. By the way, I can't see Shaq's I mean, hands. So there, there could have been Bundesliga. some bad things going on during that plea. But yes, I think you need to pick a team based on uniform, based on names, based on whatever. The problem is, as Brett points out, there's um, three good ones, right? So what, what do we do? Are you, you going to oh, take it? Well, I mean, well, there's a, there's a big six, right, Brad? I mean, there's six teams that kind of stand above each other, and then they, they shuffle. This year, there's definitely three above the rest. But this becomes like a big part of the whole uh, project. The greatest thing about soccer, and I want everybody to hear this, because uh, yes. I really am recruiting, and I, I can't afford to go door-to-door like I can with Shaq and try to get all of you. Right. But, uh, you know, Dan and Shaq, you always say kind of like us to working in media and us working in sports is kind of like the candy aisle. Uh, soccer is the vacation for American sports fans. Mm. You don't have to be quite, you didn't grow up with it. It's this exotic locale. You get to dream about going to it and then you get to just enjoy it without worrying about where you were born and you know, what, who you've rooted for all these years and all these things. Just pick a location, pick a team, pick somebody. And then, you know, just try it out for a week, try it out for two weeks. You don't have to move to Fiji the first time you go. By the way, you well, know what you forgot? You know what you forgot, Toby? That the, the low-scoring game, Sheck loves that. If someone scores a touchdown, he's throwing a, a temper tantrum in his house. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can walk away nil-nil or one-nothing. This is this is right up your alley. Go ahead, Martin. What were you gonna say? I was about to say, Toby, in this whole this whole stretch of why you told the, the uh, sold all the greats about soccer, you missed one of the biggest ones. There's no commercials. There's hardly any commercials. Oh, it's straight yeah, through. Yep. There's no bathroom breaks. You straight through 90 minutes. Locked in because if you as soon as you blink, somebody's gonna score. Trust me, that's happened to me when I was watching the World Cup. That's my soccer experience. Well, how long are you blinking for? That's some (laughs) my god, I just had the worst luck. As soon as I start the text, then (laughs) Mbappe would score. Martin, you're absolutely correct. 45 minute half, straight through, no commercial, one break. You're time boxed, you're in and out in an hour and 50 minutes. And uh, if you're really busy and you have a lot of other things to do, like you can second screen it or you can watch it on DVR. I mean, there's so many different ways to consume this. The highlights are amazing. Uh, And it's not something where it's like the Yankees and Red Sox where you're going to suffer through five hours. Like 45 minutes can be a half inning in baseball, but it's Mm -hmm. a half of the game in soccer. All right. I like it. You know what? We're each going to pick a team. We'll do that. Um, We have the entire Thanksgiving break to to figure it out. So we'll do a little research. Martin, I mean, I know you're uh, really bummed out that – Old Gunner Solskjaer was fired by Manchester U, but maybe you put that aside, you figure you figure it out, and uh, and we'll have teams for you next week. This is fun. Well, uh, if I'm making a pitch for Chelsea, it's an easy one right now because Captain America, the greatest ever person, uh, Christian Pulisic, plays for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to visit London if you really get into it, and you get to go. I mean, that's more fun than going to Liverpool or Manchester. Uh, no offense to those fine mm-hmm. towns. And uh, I'm the guy who runs the payroll. So yeah, not that's always true. a bad thing to be on my side. <laughs> that's true. You do cut the check. <laughs> Brett, what about you? If you had to convert a fan and they had to watch one team's games the rest of the season and then decide at the end of the season if they're a soccer fan still, who do you pitch? Is it is it Chelsea? I mean, if you're going to have the most fun watching a match right now, it's Liverpool. Like they're yeah. they're playing a high octane. They'll score lots of goals. They have like three, three or four of the best attackers in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an absolute like insane athlete shut down center back in Virgil van Dyke. Um, a bunch of really fun mid- midfielders, good young players that are coming up. Um, they would probably be the most fun. Uh, but then again, you're talking to the guy who picked Everton because David Moyes reminded him at the time of Billy Bean. 
Um, so I wasn't looking for fun. <laughs> gotcha. Well, yeah. uh, you know, boy, even Virgil Van Dyke is a great name. That guy could come from any of fifty lands, be any color. Who knows? I mean, that's, yeah. that's weird name for a baby, Virgil. But still, yeah, <laughs> that, is a, that is pretty good. Great name for a bodyguard in 80s wrestling. No, uh, (laughs) Chelsea fan and an Everton fan hosting a soccer podcast. This is never going to work. We should have called ourselves Boys and Blazers. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right, Boys and Blazers can spin off if this this does well, and I think it will. Covered in glory, right? It's on the Money Grab feed. Check it out. Soccer, you guys will have a new one up uh, Friday, right? And a big weekend coming up? Yeah, uh, in one of the great karmic episodes – Nah, I had a bit of a bit of fun with Manchester United in the first show, and then they fired their manager Oli, and of course they have Chelsea on Sunday. So oh, you'll hear nice. more than a little bit about that on Friday's episode. And I'm looking go. forward for the two-one United win. There you go. Oh, oh wow. my god! Right. Wow, we got a, We got shots a, fired. Uh, we got a, a prediction five days in advance. I love it. All right, thank uh, you, Brett, uh, Toby. Go stop. ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so one, la- one last thing. When you have us back on, I want to have yeah. a debate with Spaghetti about uh, which soccer players he can beat up. And I have a feeling <laughs> the answer is every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but is he right? Spaghetti, Spaghetti, that's right. We'll pick out uh, teams, me and Martin and Dave, and you pick out a player that we could set up a fight with. I think that's fair <laughs> enough, right? I'm, I'm on rosters now looking at sizes. I'll get back to that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. There you go. Covered right. in glory. Brett, Toby, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Sal. Thanks, Appreciate guys. it. All right. So now we got some work to do over Thanksgiving. I'm going to pick teams and uh, Spaghetti pick someone to beat up. I like it. I like it. We need Toby, I'll tell knowledge. you this. Yeah. Toby, they always say, know your audience. And Compelling Toby case. his. Yeah. Zane Damashek was his was his audience. Like, let me just appeal to him and prove I've heard the things he said. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in. See, I'm easy to win over. Now I'm all it. about soccer. Thank you, Toby. I love it. You're, just, you're, you're a hooligan in the making. Uh, all right, we're going to sign off in a second because we have a million podcasts to do. Actually, let's take a break real quick. Real quick. Ohio State, Michigan, this opened, I went back and forth with Todd Furman. I'm like, I think this is a touchdown favorite, this Ohio State team. Who the hell's taking um, Michigan unless it's seven or more? It is, in fact, seven and a half, 63 and a half. I'm going Ohio State. I know it's a lot of points in the big house. I feel stupid, you know, not being able to figure out why Michigan was three times as likely to make the playoffs than Michigan State. Remember a few weeks ago, we were scratching our heads despite losing to them. And now Mm -hmm. here we are. C.J. Stroud keeps it going. He belonged in the Heisman conversation. Now 32 for 35, 432 last week. Shaq, I think these guys are emerging. Ohio State quarterback, Alabama quarterback. Running game is terrific for uh, Michigan until you're not in a position to run. Hassan Haskins, I think he's kept in check. I don't trust Cade McNamara that much. Big turnover late. 40-21, the Buckeyes. Go ahead, Shaq. Pseudoscience here, just uh, eyeball kind of uh, application of, of the Ohio State season here. Everybody pretty much, with few exceptions, gets better along the way. Mm. But when you're that loaded, when you have such a disparity in talent in August and you continue to build and get better and better, you start to pull away a little bit. And really, outside of the near stumble against Nebraska, Ohio State has really been putting it on teams. I think they yep. continue yep. to do it here. I'm with you. I think that they double-digit Michigan. And by the way, I mean, what evidence is there that um, Harbaugh is ready to challenge um, Ohio? I mean, I guess they, you know, 
took care of business against Michigan State. Taller order here, and he doesn't get it done. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Martin, Dave, where are you? With there's you? no evidence that Jim Harbaugh has the ability or the wherewithal to be able to win this type of game, nor cover the seven and a half points that the Vegas is spotting Michigan to uh, – if you want to back that side, the, one of the biggest bets I ever placed in my life was Michigan. Mine, I mean, Alabama minus 14 against Michigan. And this will might be another one. I don't know. Cause I actually will be flying during this game. So I don't want to land and find out that this is the one time that Michigan beat Ohio state. But if I were to bet on this game, I would absolutely a thousand percent be taking Ohio state. They should be favored by like 14. Martin Cowboys, Buckeyes teaser, maybe uh, just to win both those. Teams. After 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 what Dak Prescott did to me on Sunday, I, the, the taste in my mouth about about the Dallas Cowboys. All right, speaking. Of I've taste argued in your with mouth. Sal. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't want to open. Damn, up I had a nice segue here. there. But go ahead. Yeah, I know we're ready to go, but I do want to <laughs> say something because, like Jerry Orbach at the end of Dirty Dancing, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I will always advocate for Army Navy as the best rivalry, in the uh, sense that the meaning of it to the two sides is more than it is to any other rivalry out there. If you go one in 10 and the one is against the other, it makes the season in a real way. Bama goes one in 10. People say, long we beat Auburn. That's not true. If you went one in 10, I think you'd be PO'd in Tuscaloosa, but the best rivalry consistently in terms of import to the two sides is this one, Ohio state, Michigan, right? In the, in, in the last 30, 40 years, I think so. which matchup consistently has somebody playing for a big game and maybe both sides sure. playing for big stakes at this point in the season. Sure. I agree. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think there's any doubt uh, in terms of like ranked, how many times they've been ranked and how many times have both teams been ranked and high in a, by the time they met up, I think Ohio state. I'd love to see the numbers on that. Cause it's I'm not sure UCLA, USC, had some not, years. This yeah. is at least, I know this is definitively the, the second time, at least the second time in the last 15 years, they've both been in the top 10 matched yeah. up going into this game on Thanksgiving weekend. It's a fun one for sure. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. We have another episode of Extra Points later in the week where we had Martin and me and Dave and Jen Piacenti and Harry, and we went over all sorts of food items and argued basically for 45 minutes. I don't know that some people aren't even speaking to each other after that one, but check. That's why I lost my voice. That's what it was, right? <laughs> Too much yelling. Yep. Uh, lemon pepper parlay, minus three. Megan Fun of Sports, waiver wired, covered in glory. Thank you to Brett and Toby for joining us. And like I said, a very special holiday edition of minus three and extra points that will air with our friends, Jen and Harry, me, Martin, Dave. And a reminder to everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. 